0: Like well, this is kind of a bad episode, huh? Holy (laughs) shit! Okay, all right. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Yeah. Should we
1: introduce the podcast first,
0: perhaps? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, hey guys, I'm Gilda, and I'm Steph. Yeah. Tonight we are talking about season one, episode three of Saturday Night High. What? (laughs) Oh, fuck me! You're right. Tonight, so you're listening to Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get baked and talk about Saturday (laughs) Night Live. And if that wasn't evident before, it should be now. If you wouldn't feel comfortable watching or talking about Saturday Night Live with your children, you should probably throw some earbuds in. Tonight, we will be talking about Season 1, Episode 3 of Saturday Night live which aired on october 25th 1975 yeah i see you clapping the host was rob reiner and there was no musical guest there was a group of break dancers called the lockers and yeah they were pretty good <laughs>
1: I got like blue man group vibes. I was like, okay, go off. I guess like, I don't know what you're doing, but like, it's, it's cool. (laughs) You're
0: doing it. Yeah. I don't know. There was also John Belushi doing his best, uh, Joe Cocker impression per lip syncing, uh, little help from with a little help from my friends, which was by the Beatles, but Joe Cocker had an amazing version. uh, they talked about it in Live from New York. He was paid $6,000 to do that impression at Paul McCartney's birthday party. And damn. Yeah, I would, well, I'd do a lot weirder for $6,000, but you know, that's just me. I got student loan debt. So. <laughs> anyway, so as you were saying, you were watching this with your roommates, and it was. Kind of a shitty episode.
1: Yeah, it was just I don't know what it was missing, but it was missing something.
0: Direction Which was just I, I I didn't know what direction they were going in with any of it. <laughs> like there, it wasn't cohesive. It was just like I didn't even know what I was watching. Yeah, it it wasn't really smooth. No, anyway it was bizarre. And Rob Reiner like really wasn't he was the host and like he did a thing at the beginning and he was in a few sketches but again the host then is different than now it was just weird yeah please start talking about the first sketch cuz i i'm trying a new strain tonight and this is this is interesting guys this is really interesting
1: well unfortunately all i can say about the the first sketch is that in my notes i wrote not funny and then it brings <laughs> us to um chuffy chase falling yeah a fucking gun and saying live from New York is Saturday night, and those are my notes that I have. So Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> cold
0: open it. it mocked people with out the ability to walk. And yeah, it just it wasn't funny. It's Chevy Chase yeah. is wheeled into a room, he drops his or he drops or throws his lighter. And then he, in the wheelchair, gets up, picks up his lighter, sits down, carries on, and then realizes, oh my god, I just walked, so he throws his lighter again, and then when he promptly tries to walk, he stands up and falls over. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his pratfalls. Yeah, like, no thank you. Yeah, I kind of had the same reaction to Rob Reiner's first bit, where he was playing a lounge singer, and... It was like really cheesy His jokes. His first bit was like,
1: weird. His second bit was weird.
0: <laughs> the whole thing was weird, guys. If you haven't watched it, you should go to Peacock and watch it because holy shit, that was that was a trip. It was like he was doing a cheesy lounge version of Bob him? Dylan's Billy... Blowing in the Wind. And I was like, why? I yeah, Why was the biggest question I had all night it was just it just kept coming up why 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 anyway did i notice what sorry
1: that he literally deep-throated his microphone
0: (laughs) no i missed that somehow i fucking missed that what the hell
1: just kind of stuck it in his mouth you know for funsies i don't really know it was weird
0: I, I I would need I would need a bit more than six thousand dollars to do that on live TV. I apparently blinked or missed something there because no, I did not see that.
1: It was just the tip, just the tip. <sighs>
0: mm-hmm. I guess after that, Rob Reiner pulled his wig off, transitioned back into a normal person, and introduced the show. The next sketch had to do with a couple sitting on a couch worried about. The husband, uh, John Belushi, he was playing the husband to Gilda Radner's wife. Uh, they were worried about his pancreas.
1: Yeah, it was like a PSA about making sure your pancreas is healthy,
0: but it was like weird and long. Yeah, it was way too. It was way too long. It could have been forty-five seconds, maybe a minute, and that would have been perfect. Also a weird, fine.
1: just a weird topic.
0: <laughs> Did you, yeah. Deuce. Were people having severe pancreatic I like, issues in the 70s? I, I, I don't... If you have any insight as to why that was funny, please let us know because it didn't click with me.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it also was just like, I don't know, the pacing of it felt like something you would see on like Seinfeld or something where it's like you see them, you know, early and then a little bit later. Like it kept like, yeah. like it was a PSA that just lasted for an entire fucking like 48 hour period. It was huh. so
0: weird. I, Penny
1: Marshall was like, uh, and Google then it just babe, keeps getting though. weirder. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna talk about her coming
0: out. I mean, she, like weird, but she was really pretty. <laughs> yeah, she was gorgeous, and I complete—I had completely forgotten that they were married. And I was like, oh, ha, ha, that's a funny joke. And then I was like, wait, wait, I, I don't think they're joking. I feel like that's familiar to Macy. So yeah, I googled it. And sure, as shit, they were married for ten years. But yeah, have you ever watched Laverne and Shirley? No. I not oh my god it's like lady duo comedy from the 1970s and it's oh it's so good I was obsessed with it when I was like six years old because my parents like Nick at night in tv land so I I got to see lots of Mary Tyler Moore and you know yeah Laverne and Shirley Brady Bunch yeah so anyway Penny Marshall shows up in a sketch about a fashion show where something is terribly wrong for each of the participants in the fashion show.
1: Yeah, but they're like terribly wrong in the sense that like, if I was um, maybe seven years old, I would be like making those jokes, but like watching it and not being seven years old, I was like,
0: what the hell is going on here? It was just
1: like, don't, don't walk around with toilet paper sticking out of your pants. Like what?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Make sure you take the cellophane and hanger out of your, off of your dress before you put it on. And it, it was, do you remember the game that they played? The, what, what drug were they using when this sketch was written? That has to be pot, right? Oh, yeah. Lobsters (laughs) hanging off the eyebrows. Like, I'm sorry, that's totally pot.
1: Oh my fucking god! That was so weird. <laughs> Although I did in my notes put one out of ten.
0: <laughs> yeah, not my favorite. It wasn't my. It wasn't my least favorite of the night. Uh, I, I thought that "Don't wear a hamster head. You've got a face. Let's see it." I thought that was funny. <laughs> that was the only line of the entire fashion show that played that- for me.
1: Her outfit with the hamster head, it was so fucking beautiful, too. Yeah! I was like, okay.
0: It was gorgeous, but I also thought it tied in nicely with what we just saw in this past week's episode with the show the bottom of your face, the mask one, and it was like, you got a face, show it! (laughs) Kind of, yeah. The next sketch was acupuncture and voodoo, and I didn't like it. (laughs) It was so bad and so I
1: was like come on
0: <laughs> so problematic like for
1: like you, yeah it was like an infomercial like you buy a, a voodoo doll and then they do acupuncture on it so way you don't have to go to your doctor's appointments and I was like and oh and they kept like Oh, I just didn't like it was icky. They just kept calling it like Haitian uh voodoo, and
0: yeah, you had to send hair and nail clippings, and it was, it was racist, and obviously it was a parody of scam commercials of the time, but it seemed pretty fucking racist. Like I, they could have done so many other things. (sighs) Yeah,
1: after that, it went to Andy Kaufman doing. The same shit he's been doing, which I personally don't really laugh at.
0: <laughs> the same shit he's been doing. And I've seen Andy Kaufman's comedy. Or he was very he was very clear. He wasn't a comedian. He was an entertainer. He was going out to entertain, not make people laugh. I've seen his stuff that I've seen stuff of his that I've liked and I've thought was funny. This is not that. It's Andy Kaufman lip-syncing to a vinyl record. Yeah, the one thing I'm interested in is...
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's just... Why do they keep doing this? Like, why is this really taking up time in the episode? (laughs) You said the only thing you were interested in? Oh, in terms of Andy Kaufman, is the way that people think he faked his death.
0: Yeah, that's a rabbit hole that I fall down two to three times a year. And... I remember probably five or six years ago, his daughter or someone claiming to be his daughter was saying he was going to come back. And it's like, what the hell? Everybody was on Andy Kaufman watch for a while. 30 years or whatever. Yeah. And he had some, he was going to fake his death and come back in 30 years because he hated show business or something of the sort. I I don't know. I haven't gone down the rabbit hole in a while. So honestly, I probably will within the next few days and we could post some links with the episode
1: Re- regarding his controversial hey, the
0: conspiracy death. theories <laughs> of andy kaufman's death yes we're gonna go full rabbit hole here you yeah. start just
1: spreading um conspiracy theories like Dan yeah. right like, right isn't he like he's like a, a he's an ufologist
0: right like <laughs> i don't know what that means
1: like a UFOologist.
0: Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, so was the drummer for Blink-182, and he, they got the Pentagon to, they got the Pentagon to release videos and admit that there are things that f- have flown into the atmosphere that's like the footage from Air Force planes that are like, yo, we don't know what that is, and that's not showing up on any, like, yeah. So maybe Dan Aykroyd's onto something. He always has been. <laughs> Um, the only note I had for the Andy Kaufman performance was "What the fuck am I watching?" So
1: yeah, that's just how I felt. Oh, quite often during this episode, unfortunately.
0: Do you want to talk about the next one? Dangerous but inept. I didn't love it. <laughs> didn't like it either. I didn't have many notes. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, yeah. So the next sketch was. Uh, Another installment of Dangerous But Inept with Jane Curtin, who was this week interviewing uh, Squeaky Fromm, who is most notably famous for attempting to assassinate Gerald Ford and being a member of the Charles Manson cult. And throughout the interview, she displayed various levels of instability, or Lorraine Newman was portraying Squeaky Fromm and as squeaky prom displayed various levels of instability slash yeah it's just i didn't like it it kind of mocked the whole brainwashing being an occult thing maybe i was just super sensitive to this because i already didn't like the episode and i was just kind of at this point looking for things to pick apart i don't know but i i kept thinking the gun was going <laughs> and to also go we had off. just watched ne- nexium well, fucking fucking right. Like yeah. at this point, I'm just like so over anything cultish for a while and coming from someone who likes true crime and generally likes learning about different cults and stuff. I don't. I, I'm good for a bit. Nexium was fucked up. Anyway, I kept thinking the gun was going to go off and because she kept shooting it and it wasn't going um, off and i kept saying th- i was like oh okay which time is it gonna shoot but i was happy that it didn't
1: yeah no definitely although that gave me a little false sense of security a little bit later in this episode i uh,
0: <laughs> I, I, like, I, I don't i don't know, I, I don't was know what you're sh- talking about oh 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 there's a the something- square dance yeah. Yeah. Oh god. I was like, fuck, there were guns. Yeah. Later in this episode. Yeah, that was another sketch that again I like the premise of, but it just got really problematic really fucking quickly.
1: All of a sudden I'm like, oh wait, we're just gonna laugh at this? Okay. Right, um, right. I was um, like, wait. Hold
0: I- on. <laughs> and and then I felt terrible because I was like, wait, am I supposed to be laughing at this? Like people are this isn't funny. This is anyway, let's We'll get there. It, oh, my literally God. Literally domestic. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, it went to the supermarket. Well, yeah.
1: So, like, that one, it was totally set up. It reminded me of those ones where it's, like, they have – um. there's the Italian restaurant one with, like, Ryan Reynolds or one of those guys, and they're, like, eating something at an Italian restaurant, and it turns out that it's, like, not – it's, like, a, a focus group type of thing. I don't know. The other thing is – It was like a a cafe sketch that they did with Adam Driver where he's like trying different things. So it's it's like one of those infomercials basically is what it felt like. Um, But then you find out that this woman just ate cat food.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, There was a salesman in a grocery store and he asked a woman to come over and try some tuna casserole. And he fed her one. And she said it was good, and he fed her a second. And she said it was amazing, and she went on about how much she liked it. And the reveal was that it was cat food. I, ugh, it was gross. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was followed by uh, dancers. The lockers—they were pretty good, as you said. Blue Man Group vibes. Um. It was cool. It like, I can't believe
1: their hat stayed on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. All, like,
1: and shit. So
0: weekend update started with Chevy Chase having phone sex,
1: which like, okay, this joke is old,
0: <laughs> right? It really, it's like, okay, we get it. You're, you're caught every week doing something. And also I don't want to, oh, oh, don't want phone sex with Chevy Chase. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-mm. nope. Nope. Blech. I thought the Ford uh, being completely uh, sidelined by a mild cold jokes were funny <laughs> in complete comparison that <laughs> our president is currently infected with the worldwide pandemic germ right now. I found it ironic and yeah, in a way that- mm-hmm. So much to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay,
1: so- pr- There was so many one- jokes about Reagan's hair and I was like, whoa. <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: It was, yeah. Yeah, We're We're just telling the the same jokes, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah. The bit that I liked best from Weekend Update was the recurring Blaine Hotel bit. And Lorraine Newman is reporting on kidnappers at the Blaine Hotel. And that they have demands, but they demand that their demands be read by Don Pardo, the announcer for Saturday Night Live. And you'll also you would know his voice uh if you were ever home sick from school and had the tv on from early reruns of the price is right and wheel of fortune probably wheel of fortune he was the he was the prize announcer you're going home with a boat you know that so yeah he was announcing their ransom their their demands and one of the demands was uh they get a plane ride to Cuba with an unchallenging airport because hijackings, plane hijackings, everyone (laughs) just wanted to go to Cuba. As we know, (laughs) right. It's like, I've heard, I've heard that in two different podcasts recently. And it was like, all right, it was, that was the place. If you hijacked a plane, you flew to Cuba for until, until your demands were met. So yeah, I thought that was funny.
1: And then you got joked about on SNL.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, there was a joke about uh, moving service for old people and kids, which was, it ended on a really dark note with the camera, like, the truck was pulling away with the people inside, and there was a teddy bear on the curb, and I was like, yeah, I don't like this. It was just no, thank you. No, thank you. Sen- <laughs> yeah, the sentiment for the show was, I don't like this. No, thank you. All right, the news for the heart of hearing bit—that is classic. That is funny, ha ha. Yes, Garrett Morris shouting the headlines after Chevy Chase. Yeah, I just didn't like this episode. I feel so bad. I just didn't think it was. I thought it was lazy. I I thought it, they did not try. There was nothing yeah. even remotely. Yeah, there was no there was no commentary. Anyway. Yes, yeah, so we talked about John Belushi singing. Well, I thought that was the Muppets. (laughs) Uh,
1: Basically, we're back with the same fucking Muppet characters, except we get to see that one guy's son who is, um, well, he's supposed to be like a stoner, but they call him a, what is it?
0: A crater Um, head.
1: A crater head, because he gets the smoke off of the craters. Um, It's kind of funny. the dad Muppet sounded like my actual father, so that was nice. Um
0: <laughs> Hi Muppets. I actually did I I I suffered through the Muppets this week. I put on my brave face and you know. He sounds like your father in that he actually his voice sounds like your father, or in that he is not crater head friendly.
1: He's not crater head friendly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah remember that bad vibes yeah remember that time you tried to huff craters in your dad's car well i didn't exactly try because i kind of succeeded in like doing it so (laughs) okay remember the time you huffed craters in your dad's car that went over real well not my best move nope i remember the panic text you were like okay so here's what happened Here's what I told him happened. And it was like, oh, no. He he asked me um,
1: if I've started smoking again this semester, and I was like, <laughs> started
0: again? <laughs> he must have seen something the last time he was up, or he must have caught a whiff of something. He saw my roommate's phone collection. Yeah, yeah, Steph, that would do it. That will do it. <laughs> Probably would have put those away before he showed up, but you know.
1: Well, they were in her room. My dad's just a fucking creep.
0: Yeah, okay. We're gonna, we're gonna (laughs) keep moving. We're we're just gonna go right past that. I, nope. Didn't like this episode. Don't like that even more. Oh, okay. So the two Muppets things that, yeah. So I thought Huffing Craters was funny and- There was also a masturbation joke within like the first 20 seconds of it when the mother Muppet comes in and she's like, do you know what your son has been doing? And he was like, is he locked in the bathroom with my magazines or or something like that? And it was like, what the fuck Muppets? (laughs) That was a little bit weird. (laughs) Yeah, So we went right from the Muppets into a Chevy Chase sketch about drooling, which made me nauseous. Just really weird. I wasn't really feeling that. No, it was Chevy Chase talking while he spit and drooled out of his mouth. It's about as appealing as it sounds.
1: Yeah, and then we get to that country dancing sketch that we were freaking out about earlier because of how they are kind of just laughing at domestic violence or like, oh, yeah, the oh, physical oh, abuse square like, dance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fucking like DV hoedown. God.
1: And then, like, to make the whole thing worse, it just ends in them pulling out guns and shooting
0: each other, yeah. So hell? so it starts out as a normal square dance, and Dan Aykroyd is the caller, and he starts, he's calling normal things, and then he starts calling things like, clock your partner in the jaw, and tear her shirt, and punch them in the gut. And it was like, are we kidding? This this isn't I'm I'm not gonna laugh at men ripping the shirts off of their female dance partners. That's not funny. Yeah, ironically, it was so gross. Ironically, the last thing we did before COVID hit like the last public event thing was we went to a square dance. It was actually pretty fun that's really fucking funny <laughs> yeah it was it, it, it was so much fun and it was like wow it was like ha ha i was like we probably shouldn't have done this because there's like 50 people in this room right now and it doesn't seem like things are gonna get better well hope the square dances in the next few months don't get canceled and here Thanks. i am sitting in a closet making a podcast so that's what happens so you get locked inside your house for six.
1: <laughs> not square dancing
0: no not square dancing
1: Well, then we're just—it was just nuns, and there were some niche Catholic jokes, but other than that,
0: (laughs) as 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 a lapsed Catholic, I appreciated like the cheesy joke from Catholic Weekly about hide and seek, where two kids were playing hide and seek, (laughs) and Susie's like, or Bobby's like, "Do you want to play hide and seek?" And Susie's like, "Sure." but you can't rely on St. Anthony to help find me. And it's like, I get that. Cause St. Anthony's who you pray to if you lose something, but you know, yeah, I, I liked it, but it, I didn't think it had a place in Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I was like,
1: this is a weird joke for them to be telling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And one of the nuns was reading like letters and postcards from different nuns around the world in different missionary, almost in different missionary positions, (laughs) different missionary posts and one of them wrote back about the little black ones were learning how to read and I was like, I'm sorry the fuck and then there was another they they went They were singing Kumbaya, and then they said, oh, for our sisters in the Philippines! And then, like, it changed into, like, this racist-ass stereotypical... It was so bad. I- I'm sure we're really selling the episode here. Um... <laughs> it was just terrific. Yeah. I thought What Gilda Ate, that section, was funny.
1: I-, I mean, that was kind of funny, but then it's like, you look at the fact that she had
0: bulimia, and it's like, well... <laughs> Damn. Yeah, well, yeah, that's not funny. I just thought her grazing was amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, shit, girl, go off. That's kind of how some of my days go.
0: Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm going to eat a handful of white chalky chips and I'm going to have some pretzels and have some pasta. Ooh, is that chocolate? Is that ice cream? That's, uh, you know. And yeah, the show ended with what seemed and what felt like the world's longest fucking Albert Brooks film.
1: At one point, one of my roommates was like, wait, is this still SNL? (laughs) Right? right? (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, I was like, what? I I didn't... It could have been like six minutes long and it would have been fucking hilarious. Maybe. I don't know. It was kind of weird. (laughs) Yeah, I say that and now I'm thinking back. It was a joke about how Albert Brooks wanted to be a doctor when he was a kid. And how he put out an ad in a newspaper about how he wanted to do open heart surgery and someone replied and the premise of the joke is that he's likely to kill the guy and he doesn't know what he's doing and he's trying to convince the doctors that he does know what he's doing. The twist is that the anesthesiologist is the one to die. The guy who's having heart surgery, his wife is sitting outside and they wheel someone out of the operating room and she's like, oh my god, they were like, oh no, it's not your husband, it was the anesthesiologist, it's fine. Uh, no
1: <laughs> but then the husband starts waking up and of course our brooks doesn't know what the fuck to do and there's anybody else because the anesthesiologist is dead
0: it ends happily with him returning to his job directing airplanes i almost also conducting airplanes he's the mm-hmm. not traffic controllers they're the runway boys with the orange flash flashes <laughs> you, oh yeah the fl- i don't know what they are They're the guys, they stand on the runway and they have the glow sticks in their hands and they direct the plane traffic. Yeah. So the joke was that Albert Brooks helped with the surgery so well that this like 80 something year old guy was able to go back to work doing something incredibly dangerous. It's kind of
1: like how Trump said that his body feels better than it has in 20 years now that he's had coronavirus. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of the same level
0: of absolute bullshit again it didn't hit nothing in this and maybe maybe it really hit then but for me watching in october of 2020 no thank you oh the show didn't end with that i'm so sorry that that i I, I think that was what i wanted the show to end yeah i did forget the bees i'm so sorry (laughs) But your bees had a redemption arc. Hey, your yeah. bees, Joe Belushi stood up. You talk about your they bees. Did.
1: Yeah, so, well, it started off and it was like Rob Reiner um, was the leading man. He was a, the, the other man in a relationship. It was some cheating drama, whatever. But then the bees start... Walking in on the scene and they start playing music, and then Rob Reiner freaks the fuck out and he's like, I agreed to come on the show on one condition. Like, I can't fucking believe you are making me work with these bees. And you know, he's saying how like the bees didn't work for the past two episodes, which is total blasphemy because they were amazing for those other two episodes. Um, he made a joke about feeling like he was in a bee movie. It was great, real good all around. Love the bees. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so then John Belushi starts yelling at Rob Reiner that uh, that Rob Reiner has Norman Lear with all in the family, that this is the best the Saturday Night Live could do. And there was a bee revolt speech, which I thought kind of mirrored life because they were like, oh, you, you strong, famous Hollywood movie star, you know, we're just trying to make it and we're, you know, we're just working. And it's like, these guys were nobodies at this point, And they were just gaining their like baby stardom feet. So I thought it was kind of like, a, hey, you don't like the bees. We're trying. We're, um, so yeah, I thought that was kind was of cute. funny. It was like a little meta in terms of like, they were kind of speaking to the audience.
1: Yeah, just um, like Rob Reiner was for Second Third
0: Two. Yeah. Um, it ended with, oh, no, the show ended with, oh, because uh, John Belushi said, Whoa, what did you expect? The Sting, which is a really famous movie with <laughs> uh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. And it ends with the woman, with Penny Marshall, who's playing Rob Reiner's affair partner. Uh, she's saying, Oh, it'll be okay, honey. And she says, Don't say honey. Yeah, and then it cut to a cue card of, I believe, them walking down the street with their dog. And that was it.
1: Yeah, they just went to credits.
0: Yeah, I can't say that I was upset when it was over. And I'm really looking forward to the next classic episode, which Candace Bergen is hosting.
1: Wait, who is that? Oh!
0: Oh my god. Okay, so A, she's an amazing, incredible actress. Um, I'm pretty sure she did Murphy Brown. If you, I don't know, do you know what that is? It was like an old, it was an American sitcom about a news magazine. And she was like sarcastic and ambitious. And uh, yeah, so she played Murphy Brown, but she was also the girlfriend of, hang on. So uh, does the name Terry Melcher ring any bells? No. He is the person that befriended Charles Manson and tried to get him a record deal with the Beach Boys and he was dating Candace Bergen and they were living at 150 or 1050 zero, whatever the fuck Cielo Drive, Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski moved in and when he showed up and was like, oh, hey, is Terry here? They were like, no, Terry and Candy moved and he sent his people there that night looking for Terry Melcher, knowing they had moved. So, Candace Bergen, that's who Candace Bergen is. But she's a kick ass feminist, badass actress. So, crazy. Yeah, crazy shit. So, this is like five, six years after that. So, yeah, it'll be a really interesting episode to watch. And I thought it was interesting Uh-oh. that they made a fucking Charles Manson joke on the show before she's going to host because it's like, dude, not great. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, a little weird. So that is it for this episode of Saturday Night High. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. And if we are not on your platform of choice, please let us know and we will see if we can fix that. Our Gmail is satnighthighpod at gmail.com. When you go to look us up on your pod app, we would be ever so grateful if you like what you hear. If you could like, comment, subscribe, leave a review, we totally appreciate it. Our at is
1: satnighthighpod, night spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter because of Character Limit. But you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. Yeah,
0: that's it for me. I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. Happy highs. Happy highs.